0: What's up, gamers? We are back. I, and more importantly, I am back. I bet everyone missed me after my my one episode uh, departure. But we didn't. I'm uh, well. I, I think I think the listeners did, and that's what's most important. Um, no, we're back. First show. Well, technically, second show post deadline, but like first show, really post deadline. And um, we were uh, we were talking, and this is kind of when uh, the news sort of. Uh, kind of quiets down before playoffs. So we've got some some good discussions today that we'll get into. Pat sort of prefaced us, I guess two weeks ago. But um we can start because I was not here for the deadline show. Um I think Buffalo is dumb. I think um what else do I think? I think the Trocheck trade was kind of weird. But uh, not necessarily bad. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, I well, I guess when I say weird, I mean unexpected. So uh, there wasn't a lot of you know kind of preordained opinions about it. Right. But uh, no, I don't know. It was uh, it was a fun deadline. I hope uh, I listened to our show. I listened to it back and sounded like it was a good time in here. You guys breaking some trades. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to. How bad the uh, Canucks are eventually well
1: because... I guess we didn't say it but uh the voice you're hearing I'm Nick Robinson oh yeah what know. you just Where heard is... this is
0: episode uh, eighteen <clears throat> but uh, for all our new listeners
1: you just heard Luke Burroughs and flanking us is Patrick Talon as always yes. Luke is back after like he said his hiatus but we He's are back <clears throat> we have mixed feelings about him being back yeah. <clears throat> so yeah
0: I might I might not uh, be back this is a contract year for me so we'll see. <laughs> walking uh, the UFA season, yeah, gonna hit the market. All right, so got a few things to talk about before we get into our uh, our feature discussion. Injuries, most notably the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Recently, I think that was yesterday that came out uh, some stuff out in Edmonton. Uh, who wants to kick that off?
1: Uh, I just have thoughts about the Lightning. Steven Stamkos, that one's going to hurt a bit, Captain, over there. Um, Tampa's been one of the best teams in the NHL now since November. They sort of started rough. They obviously were never going to hit sixty-two wins again, but uh, losing Steven Stamkos does hurt. But like I said, they've been the best team in the NHL since November. They already had an uphill battle, sort of uh, coming up against Boston, competing for that last, uh, or sorry, for that first place in the Atlantic Division. But I think they were sort of already locked into that game, into that matchup versus Toronto or Florida. Now it looks like it's clearly Toronto. And that might benefit the Leafs if he either comes back injured or if he misses
0: No, I think that. Tampa's going to be insane in the playoffs this year. They have to be. They have to be. There's oh, a lot of expectation against them now. I think Toronto can now. beat Tampa. You think so? Pat. Yeah, I think Toronto can beat Tampa. In the playoffs. I'm sure they can. They're not going to.
2: Well, what happened to your anything can happen no matter what no, the situation except ever. Except Toronto. Oh, okay. That that applies to anyone okay. but Toronto.
0: No, Toronto. Okay. No, 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 no. no, no. Toronto's a first-round exit <clears> team, <throat> team forever. I see. Sorry, yeah. I should have told you that before the show. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think they can do it.
1: Yeah, it's not inconceivable to think. This definitely plays in their advantage, but they loaded up at the de- deadline, not specifically for the reason of losing Stephen Stamkos, but they loaded up. They were
0: one of the winners, I w- I'd say. Yes, um,
1: absolutely, and I think we're going to get into that a little bit, just our uh, post-trade deadline winners. Yeah. so far just a weekend it's been a week but
0: uh I, I mean yeah I would uh well I mean aside from injuries actually both um oh, I guess that doesn't really make sense but Edmonton really good moves um I I think everyone kind of uh, agreed with the uh, pardon my pronunciation Athanasiu uh, trade that Sounds that right. makes yes. an incredible amount of sense for that team um and that the first game, Athens U and uh, Ennis, that was just that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, they had great games, but uh, then they got shut out the next game, like five nothing. So I don't know, but no, that was uh, Edmonton's going to be really good, which kind of sucks to see from a Vancouver fan who uh, could very well draw them if they even make the playoffs at this point. Luke,
1: I'll just ask you quick, what do you think of additions like Tyler Toffoli so far? I think he's fit in really mm-hmm. well.
0: Uh yeah, sure, he's fit in well. Um, is it worth it? We're gonna find out. I they if they don't make the playoffs, I like they, th- uh, if they don't make the playoffs. Tyler Toffoli is just adding to Vancouver's off season issues. Um, I mean, I think the goalie situation's kind of figured out at this point. Now that we see what happens when Jacob Markstrom uh, is non existent, but I don't know. Toffoli, sure, he's a good addition. Is it worth it? Is it gonna make sense for uh, years moving forward, I don't know. You hope so. Tyler Madden's a good prospect. That's yeah. all I can really say.
1: Pat, do you have any thoughts post-deadlines on some of the trades we saw
2: last Monday? Um, uh, Yeah, as I mentioned last week, sorry, I'm just trying to get the live stream going up. Uh, apparently we didn't have audio, but it looks to be fixed. Uh, we're also live streaming on Periscope um, and Twitter. But uh, as for the deadline moves, I really liked what Edmonton did. They didn't give up too much for C or Mike Green, and I... I like that they didn't overpay for Pajot, which we saw the Islanders do. That's a move that I didn't really like. I thought that was a little um it's good for Ottawa,
0: but I didn't think that Pajo was worth that If he didn't much. Re- he resigned. Like if, yeah. he if he didn't resign, I would have maybe agreed with you there.
2: Um, and I'll say it, I like that Toronto didn't do anything and I think no matter what happens this season, next season's guaranteed to be better. I like that after all the chaos, after losing to David Ayers and all that stuff, the the freak out from media and fans saying trade someone, trade Barry, who's on pace for over about fifty points this year. I think I know he's not good defensively, but I just think some of the outrage isn't isn't warranted. They've dealt with injuries, and I think not doing something says something. And I think that is a bigger vote of confidence than than making a move just to make a move. So, um, I have a question.
0: What's up? Um, for both of you. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs' current core, when would you say they have peaked or when do you think they are going to peak? Well, none of them are. They're all, I don't know, three, two. Because uh, I would say they peaked last year. I don't think they're all still peaked. young. Sorry, it's let hard me, to let say me rephrase. Peak. Obviously, I don't think Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner have peaked in talent, but with the players they have on that team, I think last year they were the best team they're going to be. Obviously, uh, their young guys are just going to keep getting better, uh, I think, but... I think uh, that was their window last year, and it's going to take sort of a, a special run to do it here. You don't,
1: know, you don't think they can do it again after last year?
0: Uh, <laughs> no, uh, no. <laughs> that's it. That's my one-word answer. It's I don't,
2: how can you say they've peaked? Marner's twenty-two. Yeah, Matthews is twenty-two. Okay, I, as a team,
0: as, as a team, as individual. What, okay, all right. Never it's hard for It's hard question. for me to say they've peaked,
1: <laughs> seeing as how they're all still young. And Boston eventually might not be as dominant once Bergeron yep. takes a step back. And you know, they might be in contention with Tampa someday. This year they still might be. You never know. They lost to Columbus in four games last year. We were writing off Columbus. I you can't really write off anybody in the playoffs, and the Leafs are a lot more dangerous, I think, than Columbus. I don't know. Uh, sure, yes. Hard to say. Um, other deadline deals I made note of here. I'll just ask you guys for quick thoughts. Um, Robin Leonard looked really comfortable in his first Vegas start, yeah. and I think that's going to prove to be an excellent deal for them. That's an
2: underrated one. No one's talking about yep. that. That's a fantastic addition.
1: Yeah, Robin Leonard's really good. Uh, the yeah. Hurricanes, since acquiring Trocek and Vatnin, haven't won, and they're on the outside looking in now. They made the obvious... Uh, big decision to go for it and we don't know if that's going to pay off yet they still are obviously within touching distance they are one in my opinion of the better teams like maybe top 10 teams in the league based on how they play i just think goaltending has undone them and they've lost both their two nhl goaltenders so it's only getting worse now but they haven't won since the deadline and the david Ayres fiasco
2: anybody did you guys talk about that game Yes, we did. We oh, talked yeah. about that a lot last yeah. week. Uh, good for him. He's living a life right Most now. He was on, uh, he was with, was it Stephen Colbert late night? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he he's done a whole media circuit. NHL of the put out a video of everything, he, his day. He had to take phone calls from different radio stations, TV stations, Skype calls, every hour going on different shows. And then he was skating at uh, at a, a rink in... Uh, New York City, and he actually met another e-bug while they were skating, which is pretty cool. So.
0: He was the emergency goalie for the Canucks game on Saturday, which I don't like cool. the
2: word e-bug. I think it's... Yeah, it's no. Can we freaky? just call them emergency, emergency goalies? Goalie. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, we touched on
1: it briefly. We said it quickly, but uh, Athenasiou and Ennis looked really good in Edmonton that yep. first game. Yeah. I think they, they. that's exactly what they needed, I think, just good, solid players like
2: that. Ennis was a shrewd pickup as well.
1: Yes. Not a high price paid either. No, not at all. Um... Low key in that one, I feel really bad for Sam Gagne going to Detroit. I really do. That guy's given so much to being an Edmonton Oiler. Ooh. And this was like the first time he was going to make the playoffs with that group.
0: which is <laughs> crazy. I don't know. But, uh...
1: but I, you know what? He scored versus Ottawa the other night. So good for him. Good for Sam Gagne. Uh, other ones I have notes of. Why did the Sabres pick up Wayne Simmons? Yeah, that's, okay, what I was, I don't, that's what I was hey,
2: referencing. I don't think it's that. Like, okay, it's not. It's pretty bad. Okay, but they've been better than. The last couple of weeks for the Sabres have been good, and you take a gamble on a guy like that, you don't give, a lot to give up a lot to get him. He's a UFA at the end of the year. And if they end up making the playoffs, which they probably won't, but if there's some glimmer of hope that maybe they can do it, it doesn't hurt to pick up a guy and not pay a lot to get him. Um... I don't think it's the... It's weird. I don't think it's a, it's a terrible That's move. just
0: not the kind of person you would take a gamble on in their position. Like, That's fair. I'm all yeah, for... Yeah, but I'm saying how, they're, how you they You know, take it. a risk. If you think you have a chance to make the playoffs, sure, but Wayne Simmons, I mean, at, like, at the on. end of the
1: day, a fifth-round pick's a fifth-round pick. Like, who knows what it's going to end up being, but yeah. I don't know why in their position they would even give that up. That was not the smartest thing yeah. I've ever seen. Um, okay, next one I've got here is... Uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, great first impression. Long Island scored in his first game. He stood up for Michael D'Alcole, uh in that game versus the Rangers and then scored in the next game. So he's made quite the impression there. Guys, thoughts on yeah. Jean-Gabriel Pajot? The
0: re-signing factor, like I said, was pretty important um, to make that deal worth it. And, yeah, it did.
1: Yeah, uh, the one thing I thought was really smart of the Islanders, Barry and Lou Lamorello, uh, Barry Trotz came out and immediately praised Pajot mm-hmm. and downplayed the return and said, "Well, you never know with draft picks; picks. don't become players. Always they don't always ever. become yeah. players." I think that's really smart by Barry Trotz. You know, uh, me guy who watches the Senators, thanks. Okay, let's come on. It's a first-round pick, but
0: Ottawa's about to draft a whole new team this year.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Um, But I still think that was really smart on the part of the Islanders to really downplay that return and just really hype up the investment they've made into Jean-Gabriel Peugeot. Right? Yeah, anyway, I disagree? agree. Yeah? Okay, cool. Um, Bruins really liking Nick Ritchie so far. He's looked really solid there. Andre Kasha hasn't made a splash yet, but Nick Ritchie seems like he's fit in there. Fair to say?
0: Uh, I won't lie. I kind of forgot that yeah. trade happened. I,
1: I,
2: yeah.
0: But... I, uh, you know, okay, that was a I've, taken a ho- I've taken a break from hockey deal. since
2: Bergevin did everything I didn't want him to do. So I have not been following hockey as much. Fair. A,
0: become a Vancouver fan? No. No, thanks. No? Okay. No, I
2: watched very... the Bruins game versus the Islanders on the weekend, and he looked very good. How'd the Canucks do last night?
0: Wasn't. Uh... Um, I don't know. I had a hockey game on my own, so I'll, I'll check the score at some point today. I'm not sure how they did. How'd your hockey game go? Uh, I scored. You did, actually. <laughs> I did Same score. Patrick, did you score? No. <laughs> oh. Got robbed. Hate to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Pat I thought, got m- robbed, and then he threw a little temper tantrum on the ice. <laughs> but anyway,
1: Seth's so point. I thought uh, Nick Ritchie looked pretty good so far in Boston. Just their style of play. I think he matches pretty well. Good suppression of it offense. Like anyone
0: going to Boston at this time of yeah, year, yeah. just yeah. always does well. They're smart. They're a smart team. I was looking
1: at they're, their cap <clears> friendly today. What a team. magnificent job they've done building that team. Yep. Don Sweeney deserves. Well, so much credit. like
0: that. That first line is so. That could be so much more expensive than it is. Obviously, I think yeah. like uh, like getting that first line on the paycheck they get them for that just that sets up the rest of the team to still be incredible. Absolutely so, smart
1: um,
2: cap management. Before we get into the uh, bigger topic slash debate, we were going to do. Do we want to talk about uh, a player specific to your team? I will let you quarterback yes. that one because I've got um, I've just got just a yeah.
1: couple more trades here and then sure. we can get to that. Sure. Okay. Sure. Last uh, last couple, I was going to ask you about where DeMello to Winnipeg and Martinez to Vegas. Both are starting to log some significant ice time. Worth it investments on your guys' parts I, for a couple of teams just duking it out to get into the playoffs. I, and Vegas now on a big hot stretch and are leading the Pacific.
2: I don't. Yeah, I predicted that two weeks ago. I said Vegas would uh, would catch up, and they did. Uh, I think that's okay. a steep price to play for Alec Martinez. But again, yep. it's what happens when you have um, a Stanley Cup, two Stanley Cups. He's 1-2. One? He's 1-2. One he's 1-2, okay. Um, and that comes with some pedigree and a little bit of reputation. Uh, he's not as good as he used to be, but that's what teams will do to give up. And he scored in his first game, so good for him. I don't like the Sens trading DeMello. He's still relatively young, and yep. his underlying numbers were decent. And now you have a top four consisting of Mike Riley and Hainsey and them. So <laughs> oh, I don't that's know a whole if, other thing. I don't know if that's good for Ottawa. and you know Demello's not a cornerstone by any means but he's still someone worth keeping when you are a team that is getting younger so yeah i
1: actually wrote about that I this weekend it. so yeah so <laughs> <laughs> on shot, check it out um yeah no a uh, good investment for winnipeg just third round pick and demello played over 21 minutes last night so that's, good. that's a good that's investment good. for the winnipeg jets anyways Uh, Now we've got upcoming, so the biggest story, one of the bigger ones in the NHL over the
0: past week.
1: Uh, Luke, any comment on the Senators and Canucks game that took place last week?
0: (laughs) I mean, uh, like, yeah, that's that's, that's good to see. It was Uh, a hockey game. It was a hockey game. If
1: you didn't catch it. Bobby Ryan in his second game back from recover or from returning from the first
0: home game, which is nice.
1: Second game, I was going to say first home game. Sorry, returning it. from the NHL's uh, player assistance program, he had uh, come clean earlier in the week and had told the media that it was because he was dealing with uh, alcohol abuse very groundbreaking statement from him not many nhl players or professional athletes in sport are willing to come out sort of about their struggles like that great for bobby ryan to come back and recover in the way that he did and he scored three goals against the vancouver canucks uh one of the best performances i've ever seen from him the best since the 2016-17 playoffs guys uh as non-Senators viewers, typically, <clears throat> what did
2: you guys make of the entire spectacle? Story of the year. Nothing has come close to that.
0: Uh, Luke? It, it, yeah. Uh, it's I don't a, know. It's a good story. Um, obviously, I'm a little... <laughs> like, just from a hockey standpoint, I'm a little bitter. Uh, but no, that's awesome to see. Uh, I, I, I like... Uh, Bobby Ryan is a player obviously he has a lot of history behind him uh, and yeah you're right Nick they don't uh, you don't usually hear stuff like that so for him to to have the courage to go public and then to do that that's that's good to see but uh, Vancouver still lost and to be honest that Ottawa game was kind of a write-off I thought you know Montreal Ottawa that's easy four points nah uh, nah
1: yeah <laughs> no not Such an experience for me as somebody who watches the Senators, um, obviously. So, when Bobby Ryan was traded to the Senators back in the summer of 2013, uh, one of the first things I did was buy a Bobby Ryan jersey. Um, So, I really liked him from all the way back when I was like 13 years old. Um, Signed that big contract that he still has with them, seven years, $7.25 million. Obviously... You wish as a fan that contract could have worked out better. But one thing I've always really appreciated about Bobby Ryan was the fact that, you know, um, he's at least always been honest and transparent about his play. Um, he's been very honest that he's always been disappointed with some seasons that haven't gone exactly to plan. And the 2016 uh, 17 Eastern Conference final run, he was absolutely brilliant for the Senators. And he penned a very nice letter to the City of Ottawa and the Players' Tribune after that. And I've always had that big mutual respect for Bobby Ryan just because of his effort and his words. And as somebody who... Seeing somebody like Bobby Ryan who went through the struggle that he just did, obviously seeking out the player assistance program, which not many have been willing to do to this point in the NHL or in any sport in general, and to come clean with it and to try and... Act as a role model for other players. I think that's really inspiring. And I've always been a big believer personally in good things come to those who wait or good things come to those who just act like morally responsibly. And uh, good for Bobby Ryan. He deserved every goal that he scored that night. And uh, underrated note, I absolutely loved. I don't know if you guys saw it. Uh, He talked after the game about... How on the empty net goal, Josh Norris was five feet away from him, screaming for the puck. You can actually hear it if you <laughs> listen to the clip. Josh Norris was in his second game, seeking his first NHL goal, oh. and he was screaming for the puck. And uh, Bobby Ryan had a good laugh about that. So funny. I would
0: not want to score my first NHL goal. I lo- okay, I, should yeah, I shouldn't Ryan, get picky about that. Bobby but. Ryan joked a lot
1: about that after the oh, game. You're
2: so sick,
0: Luke. I can't Like. <laughs> Theoretically, if I were in the <laughs> NHL, I would be embarrassed to score <laughs> my first NHL goal on an empty net.
1: Anyways, so, yeah, I found that that was obviously, I think, the best moment for anything in the he, Senators' he organization. When he teared since up on playoffs. the bench, that was...
2: Yeah, that's that's pretty that cool.
1: Yeah, nice. he had 15 points, two overtime winners in those playoffs. And so. in,
2: a, in a season that's seen so much, um, I don't know, the, the coach abuse, all this stuff, it hasn't been the best, the most positive NHL season by any means. So I think seeing sort of a, a turn of events like this is... Uh, It's pretty good. We
1: needed a feel-good story, and we got two in the same week with David Ayers and Bobby Ryan. 100%. That was absolutely fantastic to see.
2: All right. Can I uh, quarterback this one? Of course. All right. Um, It is 3.30 on Spirit Live. We're live streaming on Periscope and Twitter. Uh, We talked about this a few weeks ago, uh, more specifically about some of the quote-unquote abuse that Elias Patterson took in a game.
0: AKA superstars.
2: Anyway, and that sparked uh, a debate, a debate we've all had before in our own time with our friend group. Uh, We're talking about it in class a little bit as well, and that is violence in sports, specifically fighting in hockey. Um, I know that I am very much for fighting in hockey. I think it has a place in the game. I think it's valuable uh, more than just in an entertainment uh, standpoint. I know Nick is very against it, so I was thinking what we would do is each say our point why we like fighting. And then, why, why or, I mean, sorry, yeah, sorry. Okay. Why say our point, yeah. and then we'll go around and each say our points, and then we'll conclude, because um, I've done a, quite a bit of research, uh, my thoughts on fighting, I know you guys have as well. Um, Luke, do you want to start yeah, your thoughts on start. fighting? Okay.
0: Um, I'll keep mine short, because I think mine is a, a pretty uh, shared perspective on fighting, at least from the discussions I've had, but uh, I think fighting does have a place in hockey as much as it uh currently or in the past has had um what i don't like is staged fighting and i i think that's where i mean a lot of people can agree with me i think that's just i think it's just dumb there's no need for that there's no point in lining up uh on a face-off and you've already planned to fight the guy like what what are you doing you're not that's just that that kind of defeats the purpose of of fighting like fighting I like fighting when it's in the it's in the heat of the moment and it's uh lots of passion um but when it's when it's just two guys agreeing to fight after a discussion that's just dumb um and you know what fighting it is illegal in hockey right like it's not like it's not like it's a discussion if fighting should be legal or illegal it is illegal people get a five minute penalty and they think, uh, that's a penalty they want to take to, for whatever reason, whether it be you know uh, sparking their team or something. But yeah, that's my opinion. I think it's fine as it is. Just cut out that dumb stage stuff.
2: I um, I like fighting in hockey, and I understand not liking fighting as a general rule and not liking violence. But what fighting does, and a lot of the data that we've seen come out about a spike in fighting and. A lower risk of concussions and how majority of concussions don't actually come from fights, and that's just greatly misled by the media and a lot of people who fabricate the anti-fighting uh, narratives. Aside from that, it's entertaining, it draws fans, it builds rivalries, um, it helps teams bond, and at the end of the day, we can get into this later on, but it does protect players. Uh, and oh, we're gonna get into that. Okay, <laughs> Nick, say your say your piece.
1: Um, for me. So I know my stance on uh, my preference that there would be no fighting in hockey is a lot more, I would say, controversial still. There's been a lot more um, shift towards sort of where I position myself in this argument over the past couple of years. But I would still say we're largely the minority. I don't know if you guys agree with that, that the majority still say that there should be fighting in yeah, hockey.
2: 98% of NHL players think fighting should still be in the game.
1: Right. Um, I haven't always sort of been in this position. Like, obviously, when I grew up, that was how I was raised. That was the culture of hockey when I was growing up. The toughness. The Rock'em Sock'em. Chris Neal was one of my favorite players watching the Senators. I think one of the first ever scares I had with it was the summer of 2011, where Wade Belak, Rick Ripien, and Derek Bugard all died under pretty similar circumstances. All suffered from CTE post-concussion syndrome all were notable enforcer type players in the NHL um and I think my big turning point for me uh, I did a project back in high school where I did a lot of research on brain injuries and the NHL stance on concussions and how much we really know about damage to the brain and how these injuries impact a person and that was what really changed me um and, you know, I started – the other thing that really changed me was I started watching uh, – I sort of expanded my watching in sports back and I'd say, 2014-15. I started watching uh, more sports like baseball and soccer, and that made me appreciate really more the more technical and emotional fan points of sports. So
2: that's sort of my background stance on it. Go ahead, Pat. Um, I, think, I think the CT uh... – I think it's a good thing to talk about. But the problem with this and the problem with the the narrative that I'm seeing that's being led by the media and everyone else is that the majority of concussions aren't coming from fighting. The majority of concussions are coming because the game is played at a rate faster than any other sport, excluding racing, obviously. And polls and studies suggest that most fans think that fighting is the main cause of concussions. Actually, 95% think that 95% of concussions are from fighting, 5% something else, when concussions only make up 5% or uh, fighting only makes up 5% of concussions in the NHL, and most concussions come from hits, come from everything else, and we see this every single season. Jeff Merrick was saying in an interview that, that when he's talking to doctors, they say that they're more likely to treat concussions by getting hit in the stomach, a low shoulder to the chest, and the whiplash effect that ensues after that, not actually from a hit to the head. So I'm not saying fighting doesn't cause concussions. Always it does. It's rare, but it's the speed of the sport. And if we want concussions to go, go down, either eliminate hitting as a whole or reduce the equipment size. Old players speak out saying that equipment keeps getting bigger. Shoulder pads are getting bigger. Elbow pads are getting bigger. And you can slam a guy's head into the boards or elbow him as hard as you can. And he's not going to feel it. Back then, they wouldn't lay those open hits because the equipment wasn't that big. And doctors, hang on. I know, Luke, one Doctors have, like, compiled lists of players who've had to retire earlier than expected because of concussions. And enforcers or players who have fought a lot make up a minority of that list. Most of those retirements come from fluky getting elbows in the head, getting a puck in the face, and I don't know. I think there's something to be said. I'm not advocating for specifically getting a Matt Martin or a specific enforcer, but there's something to be said about players targeting other players, knowing they won't have to stand up for someone. That's why Connor McDavid doesn't get attacked as much, because someone's going to answer to Zach Cassian, Someone's going to answer to Tom Wilson. If someone goes after Ovechkin. No, no, no one had to answer to anyone when Patterson got attacked. I'm not saying deliberately get and build a team with an enforcer, but having that presence there will keep those star players Jake safer.
0: Luke, over to you. Uh, yeah, Nick, I'm going to pull some uh, Socratic method on you here. Uh, you like, you like, uh, no, pardon my inexperience, but uh, what, what, what kind of fighting do you uh, like? I know you like. Um, Some kind of sport that has fighting in it. WWE? Okay, never mind. That's not a good example (laughs) because that's not uh, real. I do like
1: Um, WWE. I do watch the odd bit of UFC. Okay,
0: so let's say UFC. Why is fighting uh, in... Now, I'm asking you... um, This isn't my opinion. I'm just asking you to get an answer out of you. Why is fighting in UFC fine? Okay. Is it because both parties are consenting and okay with what they're doing and they know what they're doing
1: yeah that's my thing for me i've never watched hockey because i want to see what happens and i want to see two teams two players beat the crap out of each other for me but you would not
2: watch it right you would not watch knowing there's going to be fighting even people who don't like fighting they never turn away from fighting I'm not going to turn
1: the TV off. I'm probably going to sigh and sit there and think, why are they doing this? If like, Brady Kachuk is that fighting I, do that. I I do Hold pretty on. often Hold sit on. there. But to answer Luke's question, um, I'm fine with the UFC and other MMA sports because it's two consenting people. This is what they train for. They train to fight. They're at the top of their sport. They are professionals trained to fight. This is what they do. This is how they make a living. I've never once decided and definitively st- stood behind hockey and said, I'm going to watch hockey because I want to see guys fight, as opposed to seeing guys score goals or make okay, awesome Okay, but as- aside
0: from what the sport, uh, aside from like the inherent aspects of the sport, Uh, You talked a lot about concussions and how that is one of the reasons you don't like fighting. Right. Um, And in the UFC, are there concussions in the UFC? Absolutely. So just the concussion argument, if the two players, if there's two consenting players that want to fight, I think they should be allowed to fight. They're going to get a five-minute major at least. Just... If, obviously, if, if some guy gets dragged into a fight, and we've seen it before, some guy will get dragged into a fight and he obviously doesn't want to be there. That's not good. But when two guys are coming out of a scrum and they want to go at each other, who's to stop them?
1: To me, I just find it largely disruptive to the sport of hockey. And I think the, the difference with UFC and hockey, why you can't compare the two, it's a one-on-one thing. These are two trained professionals that have trained their whole lives to fight each other. They don't endanger anybody else besides the two of them. Whereas in hockey, Isn't when you're a esta- hockey, w- but when you're establishing a culture of fighting and violence and all that comes with it, because to what Pat was talking about before, where it's um, you met, you just talked a lot about how it's a one-on-one thing and um, mostly focused on that. I think hockey, not only the thing that comes with fighting two guys one-on-one. I think the part that I really have grown to dislike is that it establishes a culture of fighting. And I think largely having it in the sport is a direct cause of other events. Why we see things like headshots or Elias Petterson being targeted by players like that. I think hockey fighting plays a direct role in establishing that culture in the sport
2: i would like to chime in yep. i um i disagree completely and i think players are only going to hit harder and faster so long as a, the game gets faster which it is so long as equipment gets bigger which it is and if they know they don't have to answer to someone answering to someone is is why this is happening to elias Petterson and not Connor mcdavid it's why the leafs got matt martin to protect austin matthews so if i can uh spit some facts real quick um <laughs> Some of this is from the Globe and Mail. Some of this is from some scholarly research. So a 2013 study titled Body Checking Rules and Concussion in Elite Hockey attempted to determine whether the NHL's new head contact rule is effective in reducing the occurrence of concussions. So the study analyzed uh, about 1,410 NHL games during 30 randomly selected weeks between 2009 and and 2012, and it found that 8.8 concussions or suspected concussions occurred per 100 NHL games. So of these injuries, 0.8 of a concussion per 100 games was attributed to fighting, and the other eight were caused by a variety of means, the most common which were body checking with head contact and body checking with 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 no head contact, so shoulder to the chest or the stomach. So this actually found that you're more likely to get a concussion by getting hit with a stick in the head or a puck in the face than you are through fighting. And like I said before, I understand not liking fighting just as a principle and not liking violence and not wanting to watch that. That's fair and 100%. But the idea that we can just fabricate a narrative that says, well, the more fights, the more concussion is just simply not true. And we have the data at our disposal, at our disposal that says this. So I'm not saying, though, that
1: I, it, I don't think the big narratives that – Don't fight because it's causing every injury. I think the thing with the more so the argument with fighting, which is the point I'm trying to get across, is that it attributes to such a large part of the violence culture in hockey. If you got rid of fighting tomorrow, I think, in my personal opinion, it gets rid of so much of the intent to try and hurt people and the intent of people need to police the game and people need to stick up for the star players and all that because the fighting's gone. If you're eradicating these players from the game who are in the league solely because they're tough guys and they're good locker room guys and they need to fight and stick up for players, I think getting rid of fighting or shifting the rules around it so that there's a lot less of it, I in my opinion that gets rid of more. The but- the OHL and the Canadian Hockey League in Uh, instigated the rule of the one fight rule where you fight in the game and you're ejected and that's already gotten rid of a lot it's already... The NHL is the only league that's like this. I think that's one thing we need to understand. European hockey leagues aren't like this, where there's fights all the time and there's these massive yes,
2: scrums. And, and those European leagues have a higher rate of concussions and dangerous injuries because players are going to take exception. They know... Is there can... data to support that, though? Of course, I don't there, think is. There, of course there is. is. Of course there, there is. I don't think
1: there's data to support that. Okay, that's that. fine.
2: But university hockey players are... 2001 study, concussions in hockey, said that university hockey players suffered a concussion at a rate at least two times the rate suffered by NHL players. The idea that this is all from fighting, and the reason that hockey no, is so violent— Nobody's saying it's
1: all from fighting, but though.
2: But that's what we're, we're arguing, fighting in hockey, because it attribute you're saying it's attributing to a culture that's violent. And the reason Correct. hockey is so violent is because it's a fast sport. It's a fast-paced fast sport. You're on skates. You have sticks. You're, you're built up think, with equipment. I think hockey is in the that's, why, you that's why it doesn't happen—hang on, that's why it doesn't sport. happen in, in soccer or football— or basketball to the same extent is because there's not as much danger within the sport itself. When you take away fighting, there's still danger. You're still on skates. You're still skating super fast. You're still shooting pucks 100 miles an hour. With that comes danger, and with that becomes a greater risk of danger, which comes fighting to protect yourself, and that's why we see fights, and that's why 98% of players want it there. They want to keep fighting. That's okay, why it's so important. Okay, so
1: let's just say theoretically two teams of all Elias Pettersons face each other. You think there's going to be, oh, be more concut? You think there's going to be more concussions there just because the sport's going to be that much faster? You think that's like a
2: legitimate? That's what we've seen. We've seen in 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 leagues. Come with... on. Okay, i I've, I've, no I've, I've cited multiple studies. You've cited. Okay, you can be entitled to your opinion, but you can't be entitled to facts which I've cited before. So I get not liking fighting. As I've said, not liking fighting is fine. That's your prerogative, and you don't have to like it. But Fighting happens because it's a dangerous sport to begin with. And pucks happen, they hit you in the face, you're on skates. It's an aggressive, violent sport. Equipment is bigger. And players take cheap shots. Matthew Kachuk should not be able to run around like that. Okay, but that's not... Okay, so
1: let's let's switch it now. So we've talked a lot about one-on-one, two guys agreeing to fight. But part of the fighting in hockey is when somebody like... Cassian drops his gloves and starts punching Matt Kachuk. That's considered fighting in hockey. You're saying you'd be fine if that stays in the game. When Matthew Kachuk clearly didn't want to fight him earlier this season, you're saying that's still fine. I'm not saying that specifically. Okay, but something like that. I think... That, by the rules of the game, is borderline, but it's still fine. You're saying that's still... Something that I think, you would like to see. In the I think
2: game. if if Cassian <clears throat> wasn't allowed to do that, <clears throat> or I think if if the reaction from from both of them wasn't to get that violent, I really think that Cassian and Kachuk would be more likely to do that to other players, knowing that the, knowing that they're going to get two, five, ten a game a slap on the wrist. I think knowing that you have to answer someone, which is what I'm saying, is why fighting. That's why it's important.
0: Otherwise, you're not going to be able to. I think the players know the rules. The players know the potential dangers in fighting uh, and harm to uh, their short-term and long-term health. And if they want to fight, and if they want fighting in the game, I think they are the uh, they are the primary um, voices in this discussion. If they want fighting, fighting should stay in the league.
1: But and they do again. If we get rid of. The guys that are there just to fight people and stick up for people, you—you you guys seriously do believe that this would still—but are teams aren't going to do that. We're getting but, into like, I, the I discussion. Know, of- I know, Right now, they're not going to do that. What I'm arguing is that they should.
2: Okay, and that's what I said before. I'm not. I'm not
1: saying tomorrow that 20, 20 out of the thirty-one GMs are going to wake up and be like, "Okay, we should get rid of these guys." Okay, and that's what, what I'm
2: saying is that they should. Okay, and that's what I said before. I'm not advocating that every single team gets a George Peros or a Matt Martin specifically there to fight. I'm saying that there is some value to be put in a player such as Tom Wilson or Zach Cassian, who will stick up for you, but also be a productive hockey player.
0: No, I agree. Yeah, we're I- kind of getting into goons. We're kind of getting into the discussion of goons at this point. Uh, and I'm I mean, not. I think players like that are essentially eliminated in the league compared to. Um, you know, a number of years ago. Uh, I think Tom Wilson, Zach Casting, to be fair, Zach is playing, uh, or he played a lot of this year on a pretty sick line, but I yeah. think they do produce and they they contribute to their team. And I think they're being utilized in the way that their playing style um, it works best. And that's kind of a... The absolute borderline for me, I say you loop it into the most
1: physical presence in hockey should be the Kachuks, Blake Coleman, player Nazem Kadri, players of that sort of essence that are actually good prolific scorers but play with an edge where they can go around and hit guys. I know the Kachuks are both susceptible to their stupid moments. Brady's done it a couple times this year where he's attacked a couple of guys completely unnecessarily. But at the same time, I don't think you need that. There's videos all the time. The AHL is a lot more of an old-school league right now than the NHL is. The NHL is a lot more fast-paced, high-skilled than the AHL is. When I see videos like this week, I forget which two teams were playing. I should have brought up the clip, but um, I'm not sure if you saw it, Pat. Somebody got completely knocked out cold. I think he played for Abbotsford. Oh, yeah. Somebody got completely knocked out cold. You're like... I see, yeah, that 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 that, yeah. I see that happens on the ice. It's a danger on the ice fight. Like, why like, does that need to happen okay. in a sport that is designed right, well, for not, guys to shoot pucks your in a levels net
2: or through the roof let's not uh, why, why is it why just, is it yes, why but, does that need to happen yeah it's it's a terrible awful thing no one is no one is saying that that stuff is okay but i i'm saying and the data supports this that the majority of of gruesome horrible head injuries body injuries don't come from fighting it's just not true. We have information. We have Google at our disposal. It's just, yeah, it happens, concussions, but it's just so easy. You see a punch to the head, you think, yeah, concussions, fighting is, hockey is so bad. It's coming from hits. If we want hockey to actually be a safer sport, And I'm not advocating for this at all because hitting is such a part of the game, such a crucial part of the game. If hockey is actually going to be a safer sport where there are fewer cheap shots, fewer head injuries, fewer overall injuries in the entire league, then you would have to make equipment smaller and you would have to eliminate hitting as a whole. That's how you do it. I understand, like I've said, not liking fighting makes sense. 100%. I get it. It's violent and not liking violence. That's your thing. But. It's just not true that more fighting is more violent. And we still see teams, if, if GMs end up uh, sort of fizzling out the the goon type, the Matt Martins, whatever, they can do that. But even even GMs that we praise for, for being so fond of analytics and just scoring and all that kind of stuff, they still end up getting those grit guys because they still see something valuable. And at the end of the day, those guys are general managers. Is that not more
1: of a culture thing than an actual the team needs this thing like hockey was raised that way throughout the 1900s that not more of a culture thing than a actual necessity this is the only sport like i could handpick in the world that's like an actual game out of hockey soccer basketball um football that really has an open option where if two guys just want to all of a sudden fight they fight Yep. If you were to just get pissed off at somebody or something that happened in any other social social situation in the world you can't Yeah, and that's it's what illegal. makes hockey
2: great. That's what makes hockey great. That's why I like it. And that's what I'm saying is about fighting is because it's so fast and because all the all the risks that come with it that aren't there in other sports like baseball that are there's still risk but aren't to the same degree as hockey is why fighting happens at such a at such a rate as it does
1: i think it's a culture thing and i think to put it kindly it's a bs thing that needs to change i think my last point is that i look at a sport so like i mentioned earlier something like soccer has really changed my perspective i think one of the main arguments for hockey is that the fighting really connects and bonds the team and gets the crowd going. But something like soccer, where there's absolutely no physical contact, you know every game that the best 11 players you have, the most skilled people are going to start, and the best 18 well, and the, the most two? skilled are going to be in the squad. The culture is still fine. You don't hear about the quote-unquote locker room issues all the time because just because there aren't veterans that are there to fight. And the momentum, and I like a sport like soccer, and I think we've seen it in basketball, is drawn up by the fans. Because at the end of the day, that's why these athletes play, it's for the fans. The, mo- the fighting doesn't need to be something that starts the momentum. We can just do the fans. We talk every World Juniors, every World Championship that takes place in Europe, in countries like Sweden, Finland, the Czech Republic, how great those fans are. Yet those are the same players that come over here that are criticized for being perimeter and not tough, and they won't stick up for their teammates. These are the same players. But we talk about how great their cultures and their fans are at each one of these tournaments. Why is that? Because the fans are there to draw up the interest. Those are, that's how those players are raised. I think as Canadians and as Americans even in the NHL, the majority two parties that make up that league, we're really biased because that's how we've been raised. But you have to realize that all the other countries and cultures that make up this sport don't have that. This is not. This is a Canadian and American thing that we're being
2: raised with.
0: Okay. This is nowhere else. Okay. Okay.
2: I don't, like, what Mo- was, I, move, that's, that's 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 a bit of a. That was a. That's a, that's that, a lengthy.
0: Just that. A uh, yeah, lengthy that bit. Was a, that was a. That was a good discussion, and we've got five minutes left.
1: Man, we could do three episodes on we this. Could. We really could. Anyways, that's that's where we stand on fighting. Um, for better or worse, it's an argument that's not going to end until ever, I don't think. Even if the NHL would keep it forever, the NHL would suddenly get rid of fighting,
0: both Fair. sides to it would always still exist. Right? There uh, might,
2: we might get to a day where fighting's out, but... What, do, that you, bridge, what do you, come you come what it, do you have on your
0: us. little monitor over there buddy?
2: I have the 2020 NHL draft lottery simulator. Yeah, no,
0: so uh, we, can I just uh, say something? We skipped something. it last week. Uh, yeah, last so, we'll so Pat round. and I have a class every Tuesday night and sure we were sitting in class. Uh, I guess it was last Tuesday and I look over to Pat's computer in front of him and he is um he's got the draft lottery in front of him and he is just uh Come on. He's clicking the button. He's click click click. Click. And are not going to get much Goes lower on than for probably 10. seven or eight minutes until Montreal wins, and then he just kind of sits back and he's content. Yeah. Go ahead, At Pat. least every day.
2: Okay. So we can do two run throughs because we didn't do last week.
0: Yeah. Let's do one for last Double week. Double the chance for Montreal <laughs> hey, to win. Hey, hey.
1: I've got it live. If you're looking on the video stream, we'll break it down for you if okay, you're just listening. Ready? Yep.
2: Yeah. Let's go. Yeah.
0: Who was it? That was really loud. That
2: was extremely loud. That's big. That's what we love Same to see. Meeting. The
0: uh, In
1: case you couldn't tell by my reaction, the Ottawa Senators won that run-through. L.A. coming second, and yeah. Detroit third. So those are three lotteries. That's what we love to see. And here. for this week, let's do it. Oh, let's go! Two! Let's uh, go! That's the San Jose pick. Let's go. Yeah. All right, and Ottawa won both this week. So, guys...
2: I need, one more. I need one
1: more That's what's happening No No, no wow, That one Detroit. didn't count I switched it off <laughs> It's only Only one for, <laughs> just, per week Just one more <laughs> Only one, one more hit. <laughs> per week Only
0: one per week That's the That's rule That's disappointing That it's is right. the rule
2: Montreal can still end up In like 26th
0: so. Um, <laughs> Pat sure Montreal Is nine points Out of uh, The second wild card yeah, spot funny. With uh, uh, f- uh, About 15 games to play I don't what know it? I
2: haven't watched I haven't watched The last few games taking a break I told you
0: little okay all right well uh, but uh, yeah
2: I, I to answer I think they need to just commit to losing um, they're clearly out of it and there's no chance well there's a chance but um, it's not gonna happen so start losing play linger in the rest of the way Chicago Buffalo, New Jersey are all behind them, uh, just a couple points back with multiple games in hand. So um, they're starting to play well. So hopefully that, that the
1: Habs out. aren't finishing lower than the, what they are. I promise you. Well, they could. No, nah, uh, but Marc Bourgevin and Claude Julien won't allow it. No,
2: but it's possible that they do finish 26th.
1: I find your Team Tank tweets entertaining. but yeah. it's not gonna happen. We'll see. So um, I'm we, just. Hoping- we all know. Based on just what ha- what just happened, who's winning? No, that the lottery. was that was
0: all of Ottawa's luck right there. They've ran out. Now it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be whoever misses Ottawa thing
2: to not get top two anyway. I, I mean, either
1: way, we're gonna end up with like probably a couple of top fives. Yeah, so. Ottawa's
2: Ottawa's building a base that is that is legit, and they'll, they'll be scary in a, in a few years. So, um,
0: I've a I've a question in the last two minutes here. Um, the whole Joe Thornton thing of the deadline kind of brought this up. What do you guys? What are your opinions on? Uh, veterans like that leaving their longtime team um, like Marlowe's done twice now to go and try and win a cup. Yeah, I'm fine it with it. If,
2: yeah, if, the, if a GM sees them as valuable additions and not doing it just to see if they can get a cup, then I like it. I
0: think Joe Thornton's comments after he wasn't traded were kind of...
2: I didn't see. What did he say? Uh,
0: he was well, disappointed, he was, yeah. to say no. the least. I just think, like, come on. Yeah. There's, come on. I
2: mean, at the
1: end of the day, a player like him has earned a certain amount of respect and um opportunity that he's worked so hard for almost two decades now he that was rumored to really Boston. Yeah, so
0: but I think you should do it with that shot. Do it with the team you've at least played a full season with. Like if you just if you hop in at the end of February. Yeah. Eh, what, you Bob, discount that? You know, you discount yeah, Ray Bork's? I just I think Stanley Cup. I think getting asking for a trade at the deadline to go to a cup contender. I mean, I don't know. I think it's just a bit. It'll, it would leave a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth if someone did that. But uh, really? Like, if the Sedins did that in their last year, I'd be like, eh.
1: And won the Cup,
2: you'd still not be fine with Obviously, be I'd be happy, happy for them. For them but, I'd be happier, I think.
0: But, like, leaving your team you played for for 20 years. To,
2: so you'd rather the Sedins play out their entire career in Vancouver I just, I than? Think, hey, we'll I think
0: up. it was a respectable right, decision to, to make. Seconds. Um, But, you know, who am I to judge?
1: Good on the scenes. Anyways, uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Take to Take. This will be available on YouTube, and we are now available on Spotify. So search up Take to Take, and we will see you next